Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hockey! Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Yes, indeed it is Judd's Hockey Show, because you know what? We never rest. That means Judd, that means Declan, that means our good friend Jesse Pierce, who also, of course, you can hear on the Bar Down Beauties podcast, as well as find her work on NHL.com, covering the wild. In fact, she's very excited because the developmental camp is this week. So you get to go out there and talk to all of all of the young prospects. This team is filled with prospects. Jesse, who is your first story going to be on from the developmental camp uh, at uh, TRIA this weekend? Charlie Strammel got to go with this year's first rounder. Then we're also going to check in with Liam Ogren last year's first rounder. And I don't know. I have to look at the list that my lovely editors at NHL.com gave me. I know they're excited to share the prospects. I'm excited. It'll be nice to get back to rink. Nice to get back to work. Give the sun a little bit of a break. Perhaps. How do you ask Charlie? Hey dude, congratulations. First round pick. It's awesome. No one's really excited about you. How do you ask that? I, I feel bad for him too. Like, yeah, he's a kid. He's got who knows, right? But it's like I'm, he's uh, a Minnesota a kid. Pick. He's so excited getting drafted by his hometown team, and pick. people just hated it. I, you know, I think it's a valid question, though, right? Like, how did you handle that? How do you navigate that? Because that's yeah. not how you want to feel when well, you're and drafted he's from here. The NHL, so we got know? it. Like, like yeah. it's not like he's isolated away from here. Mm-hmm. Like this is his poor, poor kid's hometown. All right, plenty uh, to get into with free agency having opened on July 1st. Uh, the draft, of course, we have discussed already. But before we do that, I don't want to talk about ice. I want to talk about water. I want to talk about the beautiful, the beautiful lakes in, in which it is time to get, if you're a sports fan, your throttle therapy on, on land and, of course, water. And it all starts at the lodge. I am talking, ladies and gentlemen, about the Power Lodge. Cruise uh, in luxury on a brand new Bennington pontoon from the Power Lodge. Look at that. Enjoy the sunset from the water. Entertain the kids. Float on the lakes all summer long. And it all starts at the Lodge, the Twin Cities' newest Bennington dealer, the Power Lodge. Locations in Brainerd, Onamia, Ramsey, and, of course, Miller Marine of St. Cloud. Hundreds of pontoons in stock across all Power Lodge locations. Your summer begins at Brainerd's newest Bennington dealer, the Power Lodge. Visit PowerLodge.com and MillerMarine.com and make sure that you enjoy our brief but glorious summers in this state. Before we get back to it freezes over, it becomes ice, and yes, before we know it, hockey season will be here. All right, I am going to get into a variety of topics with both of you today, um, and we are going to start with this one. Jesse, you go first. What are your feelings on the Wild, and, and this is not a surprise, but we knew going into the 
free agency period. They weren't going to be able to make a lot of moves because they were cash strapped. And the next two years, or at least this coming year with cap uh, going up, I believe again, $1 million was going to be incredibly tight. Uh, Beyond the trade for Pat Maroon and a few free agent signings of guys to to two-way contracts, Bill Guerin was, and talked about this, was basically hamstrung here. What are your thoughts on that? Does that concern you or not? No, because going into the season, you knew they were broke. I'm broke, but the Wild are broke in their own terms. I'd still take some of their salary. Amen, sisters. Oh, my. Yes, you know. know But, no, I mean, I think everybody, it's so funny because you're seeing people criticize them. Why hasn't Billy Guerin done something? Why hasn't he made things? I think, what did you expect him to be doing? I mean, yes, we have mentioned a couple names that could be traded out, right? Maybe you do look at making some moves, but ultimately, this is the safe route. And Bill Guerin, you're right, doesn't usually play it safe, but right now, he is. I mean, the fact that he had mentioned on the opening day of free agency, July 1, to us media members saying, hey, we've got about $800,000 to spend, and then goes out and gets Pat Maroon for $800,000, (laughs) thanks to Tampa retaining it. I mean, Bill Guerin's approaching it very methodically, very straight down the gut because he kind of has to do that. Last year's team was, was fine. And I know we hate saying that word. We hate watching a team that's fine. I think right now he's trying to get by at just fine. I mean, I think those additions, Vinny Letary, you had mentioned he's on a two-way, another Minnesota kid, which kind of hate. But here we are. Uh, and then, obviously, Pat Maroon, as we've discussed, the, the, the big one. You, when Vinny signed, my first thought was, oh, Pierce is not going to like Oh, this. I was like, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like, we don't need to do this. But Vinny Letary does have upside. And, again, it being a two-way contract, that helps out. Um, so, yeah, what Bill Guerin has done thus far, it's still very early, seems about right. It seems safe. It seems fine, if you will. Yeah, I mean, they were able to do – what they were expected, which was pretty minimal. I like Pat Maroon. I think that's a that's a guy who's won multiple Stanley Cups. He's great in the room. Um, he basically replaces the Ryan Reeves role. Um, and in my opinion, I, I think he's just a, a better player uh, than Ryan Reeves is too. So I think what they're able to do, given their limited cap structure, that works great. Um, Letary, you know, kind of a, Judd, Judd made the term quad A player that you see in baseball sometimes. Guys that rake in triple A, but don't really perform at the major league level. Um, I covered Letary uh, for fifteen hundred ESPN during his last season with the Gophers in twenty sixteen seventeen, where he kind of blossomed and turned into a really good hockey player. There, um, yeah, there could be something there. I mean, I, I wouldn't expect anything. I wouldn't have high hopes that they're they're sleeping on like a gold mine here that hasn't been woken up yet. But I think given what they were had limited resources to do, considering they still have to get Gustafson done, which I know I think we'll get into here. Um, I think bringing in Pat Maroon is a pretty solid expectation and a pretty solid sign for them going forward. Two thoughts here. One is I actually like the fact that they can't do much. Um, It's not that Garen has been foolish, but we certainly have seen GMs, (laughs) Chuck Fletcher, uh, make moves before that are probably too aggressive. July 1st, especially in this league, leads to a lot of bad contracts. Like it leads to a lot of bad decisions. You know, this guy might look good. It almost becomes like a fantasy draft at times. Like, oh, yeah, I can add that guy. I'll add that guy. And then in a couple of years, you're like, oh, my God, what was I? And and this one, um, case in point, potentially, the Predators. This one had a lot of older guys that were tempting, but you don't know there. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly, I like, but I think he signed for four years. Really? Like, that to me is way too much. So, uh 
The word I've got written down is the wild salary cap constraints provide a governor, and, and it's going to force them to basically give guys opportunities, which, which you know, since the Athletic, what, about a year ago now, rated them the best farm system in the National Hockey League, they need to, to do exactly that. So that forced governor I actually like. The Maroon one's interesting because I'm with you guys. I love this move uh, as far as, you know, one thing that Bill Guerin got right was he watched this team for a year and he's like, this locker room sucks. Like it, it is nobody who can, who can take control. It's a lot of me first guys. And like Reeves was, I can't tell you because Jess, we, we weren't in, in there an absolute ton. You were more than me. Uh, but I think Ryan Reeves was a great teammate. And I think Pat Maroon the same way. And these are not veterans out for themselves. Now, the only thing that I will caution is this, and it's not Bill Guerin. It's Dean. Um, Patty Maroon has to be used correctly. Like, if he is used as a leader, if he is used on the fourth line, that's great. If Dino gets over his skis with him, though, oh, a veteran guy, I'm going to play him more, that becomes a problem. But that's not a Bill Guerin problem. So just on the surface, as an early July move, I applaud both of these things so far because one to me it's indicating that you're going to give the kids a chance and two pat maroon is going to be a great sounding board for a lot of young guys that need that and this is not a selfish type of guy right i think you you nailed it judd i mean from what i got to learn of ryan reeves in the locker room he is a fantastic teammate guys love him he makes guys laugh and he's a no bs kind of guy which is exactly what bill garen called pat maroon i spoke with a couple of my friends who cover the lightning in tampa they said you're absolutely going to love him you're going to love him he's a quote machine because he will give you exactly what you want no matter how it is and i think having that presence as they start to get some of these younger guys more opportunities hopefully um having somebody that can call it out and say hey this isn't good enough you know you really don't have a lot of that on the wild you have certainly leadership and and the sense of bringing the team together but you don't have anybody yet that's really been willing to get people in line it seems I think Ryan Reeves did that a little bit Matt Zuccarello once in a while does it um but I think Patrick Maroon's really going to be that guy and you touched on it there my one concern is are the younger guys going to be able to find a way into this lineup the way that I projected it you got your top line of Kaprizov Hartman Zuccarello you got your second line of Johansson, Jewel Eric's neck, Matt Boldy. You got Felino, Rossi, Goudreau. And then you've got Maroon, Dewar, and Duhame, depending on how Duhame shakes out with his arbitration hearing, uh, which means Adam Beckman, Sammy Walker, two guys that got quite a bit of looks last year, probably going to be sitting on the outside until injury. You're still going to be able to see them because if this is the forward group moving forward, you're going to have them as backups, but you might not expecting them to play as large of a role had Patrick Maroon not been signed. Where is Marco Rossi in your depth chart, Jesse Pierce and Declan third, too? Third line center. Okay. Yeah, I would. I would like him to be second line. I would like to have. No. I would. I would move Eck back and just have him be a checking line guy. I know that would. I know it might look like you're being making him the third line center, but I think it just suits him better. And I want Rossi to get a look with better playmakers. I was say, and, you want Rossi with Boldy? Yes. Like everybody. Yes. Mm. Yes, I do. Am I? A- Am I a bad guy for saying yes. as soon as I can? Thank you. I, I know. But <laughs> am I a bad guy for saying that as soon as possible, I want Hartman off that top line? I don't think you're a bad guy. I think I, I don't want him near the top line either. I think he's fine as a fourth line guy. 
But opening night, he's going to be top line. I know he is, and it pisses me off. But but he'll he should he should be in the fourth line. I'm with you. I don't think you're. I'll be the bad guy with you. If that, well, he can if be a third line guy yeah. for all I care. He can be that's on fine. the wing for all yeah. I care. You want Marco Rossi up on that top line? Is that the not opening? Top not opening not, night. Not opening night. But but to your point, Jess, if you can establish confidence there, then yes, I would. At some point in time, I would. Like I don't need it to be October, um, what, whatever the date is of the opener, but. If Marco Rossi starts to play well, and I think most importantly gets confidence, and probably most importantly gets confidence from his coach, um, I don't see any need for Hartman to be on that top line for long. With the current incarnation of what they're doing, do you? But what if what if the formerly Grief line, formerly Geek line, the Felino Rossi drill line? What if that turns into something special? You know Dean's not touching it. If they do like one, if they have like two good know, games in a row, this, that's I'm his line. We're keeping it. We're going to find a new nickname oh. for him. Get the t-shirts made. I'm with Declan you know on this though. Like this is a year of experimentation. This this is your freshman year in college hockey wise, okay? I need Dino to experiment here. <laughs> like this is, these two years give you an opportunity to play your youth. Like this has to be done right. If Patty Maroon all of a sudden ends up on a, you know, playing a bunch that something's gone wrong as far as I'm concerned. So don't go into a college with a committee relationship like I did for four years. You're saying don't, you know, break up with Ryan Hartman and go test out no, other things. Did. Is that what you're trying to say? I here? sort of did the same thing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not a guy to find talk, yourself. but I, but I'm just saying, yes, exactly right. And Dean needs to find himself as far as who's going to play where. Um. So, all right. Second question. Uh, Dex touched on, on it briefly. So Philip Gustafson's a restricted free agent. He and, as Jesse said, Brandon Duhame have filed for arbitration. Now, of all the cases that were filed for arbitration last summer, only one in the entire league went to it. So odds are a contract gets done. But let me pose this question to both of you. And we'll start with you again, Jesse. Um, Philip Gustafson, it looks like from the reports, his camp has been saying, our guy played great. We deserve more. Now, he's sort of in a pickle here. He can't really dictate the terms. But is there any way, if this went too far, sort of like Cam Talbot in a different way last year, would you consider trying to move him, bring up Wallstead, and have Wallstead be Flurry's backup opening night here? Like, are you still – I feel like we spent last year being paranoid about Jesper. Can't – and, okay, cool. But – if Gustafson really wants to try and break the bank and is going and this is going to become a problem, more so with his reps and Bill Guerin, would you consider at least testing the waters to try and move him and just expedite Wallstead to Minnesota? I thought about this one a lot. It kept me up at night, actually. In fact, it's still bothering me because I don't. My concern is what are you really going to get for him? I'm always all for testing the waters on anybody. I've said that time and time again. I am not afraid to make a trade if it makes sense for the Minnesota Wild, if it betters them immediately. The thing is, Gustafson, yes, he had a phenomenal year last year. Can he continue to do that? We just don't know, right? Like, you just have no idea. So as Bill Guerin goes out to potentially shop him, people are going to say the same thing. Like, are you crazy, Billy? Like, no, what do you mean? He, Yes, he had a great opening year. I mean, Jeremy Swayman is also going to arbitration too, which doesn't exactly probably help Billy. Obviously, Jeremy Swayman, fantastic year with Linus Allmark in Boston. But no, and I kind of, I do, I think Jesper is not going anywhere, you guys. Like, there's no need to get him 
up here. Um, I think it would be smarter to ride with Gus because I think Jesper, he started out rough. It was a tough start for him in the American Hockey League. Like that would be a same struggle transition. Now he's already doing better than another Swedish goaltender that I personally love, Henrik Lundqvist, in his early on career. Uh, But I would say, no, keep Gus if you can, which you probably will be able to ultimately to answer the question, Judd. It's the Gus bus. Get on board (laughs) some way or another. And we'll see Jesper next year, maybe a game or two this year, should should it require it. Uh, so I'm on the plan of just, if this guy wants to come back here on a nice bridge deal for $3 million bucks and kind of, pun intended, bridge the gap between Jesper Wallstead, I'm all for that. If he's playing hardball, if he, if he is laying his cards on the table saying, nope, I'm not signing for anything less than this, you trade his ass. I mean, here's the thing. You can find backup goal. There's backup goalies right now that are free agents. You can find an anti-Ratna, right? You can find all these type of guys that are just laying around there. Frederick Anderson is another one too. Like he might make a little bit more, but my point is you can find backup. They found Philip Gustafson trading Cam Talbot. None of us thought that you can do this. Never overpay for goaltending. That's been my creed on this show since Judd and I have started doing this for like four or five years. Never overpay for goaltending. Dubnik had problems. Cam Talbot has had problems. Flurry's had problems. They have never overpaid for goaltending. It, it cap structs you. It makes things very difficult to build out your roster. You can find your replacement in Philip Gustafson if he does so. I'm on board and bringing him back. But if he's trying to play hardball and I'm Bill Guerin, I will help facilitate that trade. I would do it. Freddie Anderson's laying around because he's old and yeah, can't move. But you can, exactly. I don't want any of those old men that you just named. Just stand there. Just stand there. I'm an old man. Thanks a lot. Where's HR? <laughs> Stella, get me HR on the phone. Um, okay, so this is intriguing because fair or not, and look, a hot goaltender in the playoffs can still take you a long way. So I'm not trying to disparage it. But to Declan's point, in the National Hockey League 2023, the goaltending position has become a lot like the running back position in football, which is you don't pay too much. And so here's where I'm torn. Um, in Vegas, Aiden Hill, who got a new contract there, by the way, was really, really damn good. Now, I think he was the fourth, and th- this this backs up Dex's point. He was like the f- fourth or fifth goaltender they used this season because of in- injuries. They tried to play. They got quick in that weird trade that went Kings, Columbus, Vegas. Um, but eventually, when when I think it was Bersois got hurt, uh, Hill took over. And really, the key there was the same key that, that Bennington had when the Blues won the Cup, which is big-ass defensemen that can kick people's butts that protect the goaltender. The goaltender has to be good. I'm not trying to say you can't be good. But I am saying that it's the size and the quality of your blue line in both of those cases that really helped to win the Cup as much or more so than the goaltender. I think Gustafson's sort of stuck here. Like, I think he's going to have to take what what he gets. He might not be pleased. But I will say this. I, and and again, it's a governor caused by the salary cap that I actually like. I like the fact that they can't give Gustafson anywhere close to what his reps want because I don't trust it yet, you guys. Like, I need to see at least another year of, like, this this goaltending. So I actually sort of like this. Um, I am curious what the wall step plan is. Like, 
are they going to give him another full year at Iowa? And then he comes up because clearly, you know, after 2023-24, Flurry's gone, right? So does, if you got the Gus bus then, is he your number one and Wallstead your two? Is Wallstead your one? But I am with Declan in lockstep. He, he has convinced me, and I don't think he's wrong, that you don't pay a goaltender like he used to in the days of Ken Dryden when he was absolutely imperative. So I'm, I'm torn here because I appreciate the importance, but I want to see the wild build up a big blue line and pay for that more than I do pay goaltenders, Jess. That's fair. No, I again, I just, I can't imagine you get much for him. Like what's the, I think you might be right. right? Yeah. Like, and I, think I guess stuck. I want something nice. I want it. I want nice things. I just like, want nice. Like, things. what do you want for him? Like if, if you're going to take him to market, what do you want? Give me a centerman and a yeah. defense and or defenseman. Yeah. I don't think you're getting that. I think you're getting like a third <laughs> round pick and that's the problem. Right. Exactly. Like Declan's thinking, I, I, it feels to me like the way he thinks about goaltending is very modern day GMs as well. Mm-hmm. So I think Declan, you're Hire right. Hire me, Billy. <laughs> Hire me. Billy. I love Billy. I, I love Billy. We'll have I a think... couple cocktails. We'll have a couple Manhattans. Yep. We'll talk about, we'll, we'll, we'll figure this out. Come on. That's a good you know, Manhattan. Yeah. Manhattans, you'll be tanked. You can't make any deals. We, we'll we'll, we'll get some, some beers. beers. Don't worry. I'll let Billy figure that part. I'll get my stuff out early and then Billy can facilitate it. He can probably hang a lot better than. Best Your ones. best ideas and deals come after a couple vodka sodies or something like that. There let's be go. honest. We all know this to be true. Drink some beer. Can't, can't you guys just drink beer? Come on. Why not? Manhattan's are too much, man. Too much. Eat stress-free this spring with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Tailored to your schedule, customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little you need. You can pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Factor is your solution for fast premium meals without the need for cooking. Also discover more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and fuel up those springtime goals. Head to factormeals.com slash judd50 and use code JUD50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code JUD50 at factormeals.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, next one. Next question. And Dex, we'll start with you th- this time. And I understand he didn't have a great year, okay? Because I I've, I put this out on Twitter, and I immediately got back. He's awful, he's blah, blah, which I don't agree with. Uh, but Declan, are you surprised that with all the, the defensemen, and just for re- a reference point, Ian Cole, who's a nice, you know, who played yeah. here, and he's a nice player. He's not he's a nice guy. guy. I don't know if he's a nice well, guy. He's, well, he's a nice player. <laughs> He might not be a nice guy. I don't know. I don't. He's a hockey player, okay? I'm not going to – I don't know. But <laughs> but he is about my age, and he already got a contract with the Canucks. Matt Dumba remains on the, the market. Now, in the scoop session that we did on 
Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd today. Doogie tells us that Dumba actually has an offer from the Coyotes, but he's holding out hope for another offer from a team that's trying to clear cap space. Nonetheless, are you surprised that Matt Dumba remains on the open market? Uh a little surprised, I guess, just because I figured he'd be he get scooped up here pretty quick. I don't know if he's maybe again playing some hardball and wants a bigger contract. I think Arizona makes sense. Um, Jess, I thought I remember hearing too he resides in Arizona, like during the off season. He has, yep, he's got a house in Arizona. So he's he he likes to be over there. So I always thought Arizona makes sense. I think Dallas also makes sense. Um, I think just some of those teams that are looking for a, a solid. You know, fringe top four defenseman who can still be a pretty good power play and a uh, specialist and whatnot. I'm a little surprised, but I wouldn't say I'm I'm shocked he's still available either. I'm just a little surprised he's still out there, but I expect him to probably sign here in the next week or so. Yeah, I'm a little surprised. I thought when you looked at the board of of UFA's established defensemen too, Matt Dumbo was right up near the top, and to see players, I mean, Justin Hall who Minnesota boy, right? Toronto hated him back on defense. He signs with somebody too, Ryan Graves. I mean, a lot of those names are gone and and Dumba still is just kind of sitting around. So it's surprising, but I think, you know, just like using him as trade bait, teams are probably nervous. You saw that injury. You saw how off he has been since he had surgery. You know the age he's at, Um, you know, and you look at what Dumba was making this last year. Was it five, six million dollars? I don't know that teams want to spend that on him, rightfully so. I mean, you certainly have teams that are out there willy-nilly throwing cash at anybody that that wants it. Chicago, namely Corey Perry, ridiculous. But um, yeah, I, I I am. I'm kind of. I'm surprised it's still going on. I expected probably before the Fourth of July. I was like, okay, maybe not the first day. That's fine. But to be sitting here, what is it, July sixth, and and Dumba's still on the board. Be be curious. But I agree, Arizona. Makes sense. I know he loves it down there. I don't think they do the taxes either correctly. I think there that's why a lot of NHLers enjoy that. Um, but I always kind of like Calgary. He's a Calgary kid. That's what I nice thought. Him to go home, but we'll I thought see. the exact same thing. Um, I, I guess the thing that surprised me a bit is how, how long did we all and like this show, the team itself, how long did we struggle with? Oh man, can you trade Dumba? And they would always say he's so great in the room, and we can't trade him, and blah blah blah. I now feel like. It's fair to say we overinflated and, and look, his play did decline and his slap shot. It's still there, but he's got no control. But like this was a guy before the Kachuk fight. If you guys recall, he was off to that offensively just unbelievable start. Um, and that slap shot was a boomer at the time. It's a boomer now, but it goes wide half the time. But I, I just think it's funny now that he's still available uh, how much we o- overinflated, I guess, potentially his stock. Cause I mean, we always talked about like, can you trade, you know, would, would you expose him in the expansion draft? Could you trade him? I can't trade him. And now it's like, again, a lot of guys have signed Justin Hole, to Jesse's point goes to Detroit, you know, Jack Ian Johnson's Cole. still sticking yeah. around in Colorado. Like exactly. I mean, but they're, they're cheap. Eric too. Johnson to Buffalo. Yeah, yeah and, but but I mean, I guess that's the point. As I'm sure some teams came to Matt and said, hey, take this. And he's like, oh, I'm worth way, way more. And it's like, the Wild told you that, but I'm not sure that that's true. Do you think it means that he's just going to end up being a thorn in Minnesota side somehow? He's like, you know what? Sure, Bill, well, I'll take I'll take a million dollars to stay here in Minnesota. No, like, well, trying to get rid of him for five years. In, re- in retrospect, I, I'm not positive. I don't think it will happen, but no. I'm not so sure now. Yeah, and, and I have, and I have no interest in him coming back. No, like his his play 
and the lapses at times. But that leads into the last question, which is this. Jesse, how much better is the Central Division post-draft? Because it starts with Bedard going to Chicago and free agency that we've gotten through so far started on July 1st. How much better is the Central Division as a whole right now than it was at the end of the season? So much better. I mean, I think you saw the past two seasons at least that I can think of off the top of my head. It's been very... You've got your top three teams, and then the, the rest of them kind of suck, right? It kind of falls off. Now you've got people back in the competition. Chicago, obviously. St. Louis has been doing their due diligence to pump up. Nashville, as we discussed, is going to be another interesting case. Although I thought Nashville was going to be good last year with the moves they made, Hold and they, don't, they weren't. So who knows with them? But I think it will be. I mean, Minnesota, again, staying that trajectory of being fine is maybe not going to work out as well so i i mean i tend to say it every year but this year they would be they will be a true bubble team if it if they head into this year with the team that they have set as it is now just because it'll it'll come back to the good old days when you're waiting till that last game because everybody else is muddled in the middle um you know so i think it'll be a far more competitive division without question which could be a lot of fun you could see some really fun games in St. Paul, but it could also be not so great for the Minnesota Wild as a whole. Yeah, I think it's one of the toughest divisions um, in the NHL, and it's always been really, really tough. I, I see them mostly as a fringe playoff team, too. I see them as maybe a wild card team. They're still not bad enough pending injuries to important players to just be completely awful, um, but I, I think they do take that step back. I, I would be shocked if they got to 90 points, but usually that's kind of the number to be a wild card team. I think they're I don't know what their Vegas over under is at the moment, but I would reckon it somewhere in the high eighties, if that. Uh, so I, I would probably put them as a fringe playoff team, and it would it's going to be a dogfight like it usually always is in that division. Jesse, back to your point. Did Barry Trotz improve the Preds or spend like a drunken sailor on <laughs> basically guys who, who are going to be, for lack of a better term, his drinking buddies? I can't figure that one out. That's like, I mean, he certainly is putting his mark. I like Barry Trotz, right? I do like, too, he's but he's really a coach. But, I, yeah. but as a coach. Yeah. But I'm just right? saying, like, I look at that list of players that he signed, starting with ROR, and I'm like, oh, wow. And then I'm like, but they're all approaching my age. Mm-hmm. Like, are they, so are they better or are they just old? They're just old. That, and you know what? And I think that's it. I know the players, right? Like, I'm like, oh, Yeah. I right. know him forgetting it's because they're like my age and I've been watching them the entire time that they've come up. So, I mean, same with Pat Maroon. You look at Pat Maroon, it's a name, but he's old, right? Like he's yeah. going to be what he is. Although there is something to be said about getting a name and somebody with that, you know, from Billy Guerin to bring in Pat Maroon and bring in Marc-Andre Fleury and, and guys that, you know, Pat Maroon obviously didn't have a say in it, but um, it's it's interesting. And ROR could be good at Nashville. Nashville just doesn't know what to do. They're kind That's of just stuck, right? Like they don't know what to do. They had Nino, they had Granlin, they had uh, some good players out there. They traded Ryan Johansson to Colorado to start things off. Like they just, they're kind of lost. I don't know that Barry Trotz as a GM knows what he's doing yet. Like that's that's the thing because he, he got this cap space and he, the, the only thing that I applaud is he has de-wildified his room, which I actually like. Like, I think it took some, you know, hey, let's take Granlin and Niederreiter. It's like, yeah, uh-uh, you, you don't want to do that. So I like that the fact he's purged his room of the, those guys. But it just feels like the Preds, it feels like he is running a fantasy hockey team. And it's like, I know that guy. I'll sign that guy. And as we know, because of the cap, 
that can be really, really dumb. Again, July 1st, the one thing I'll agree with Chuck Fletcher on was it was the year that the Wild signed, God help him, Thomas Vanek. And at the press conference Fletcher did for that signing, he's like, these prices are ridiculous. He's like, this is rich. He, he was pissed off. And he was right. Because it's like these veteran guys who are names are getting paid. Um, my last observation, curious to get your thoughts, is this. I do think Jason Zucker could be a potential thorn in the side because of who he is playing for the Coyotes now. Into the wild side. Because he's the type of guy, Jesse, he is the exact type of guy who will get up for games against this team. I'm not saying he's going to be good there. I'm saying I could see him being a pain in the ass for his former team. You think so? Like, I think he still loves Minnesota. I hope Minnesotans are happy to hear that. He loves you. I'm sure he still just loves <laughs> I'm you. I'm just saying scoring goals against you. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that was score. the thing. Watching Jason Zucker, again, I always laugh because he reminded me of Mendoza from Mighty Ducks because he was always crashing into the net when he had a breakaway, right? Like, he never very rarely scored the puck. He just crashed because he couldn't <laughs> stop. Timing. I don't know. Yeah, thank you. We, we just but, watched that, that film for our mo- movie re- rewind that we're going to do on Friday. Nice. I, I just watched... Mighty Ducks 2 is going to be our film, and I just watched it yesterday, and that guy could not stop for the love of God except for Jason that Zucker time. out there on a breakaway. I'm just saying, you know, apples to apples, if you ask me. But you remember when he took that kid out, the flag bearer kid? Yes, yeah. <laughs> he, cre- Dex, he creamed the flag bearer. Yeah, that's great. It's just so ridiculous. But Pittsburgh loved him, and he did. He really upped his game. He did. I didn't know that there was more of a ceiling for him until what you saw. Now, granted, in Pittsburgh, he was surrounded by a ton of talent, and the team still didn't make it to the playoffs this year for the first time in forever. Um, but, yeah, I could see him maybe getting extra up for it. But then again, I think he probably – he's played against Minnesota for how many seasons now, right? Like, he's been gone for a little bit that you'd have to imagine that's kind of worn off i know the minnesota wild fan base still simply adores him it seems everywhere i go he's still a, a fan favorite but it'll be interesting I'm, I'm curious to see how he does in arizona because that's another team that's really trying to build something there and, and jason zucker's on that veteran side of the bridge now so it could be interesting i'm excited to see him try to do a breakaway and not stop into mark andre flurry like that yeah we'll see i, I don't know i i I think he'll be fine in Arizona. Um, I don't think he's as good as he used to be. Uh, we'll see what Arizona does in general. I think they're just kind of a dumpster fire. So uh, good luck to them, pretty much, is kind of how I would how would I would. I hope they're not. They need to get half to, – to get a building, they need to get decent. So, All right, Jesse, thanks much. Declan, wrap it up for us. Yeah, hit that subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. This is Judd's Hockey Show. We're still – turning out content throughout the offseason. So hit that subscribe button for content also on the Wild, the Wolves, the Twins, Doogie. Plenty of great stuff here on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. This has been Judd's Hockey Show.